This fall, you've got your priorities in order. Pumpkin spice everything and watching all the football that your heart desires. No, just me. The one thing that just so happened to slip your mind, build your website, which is kind of problematic because you know that a website is the secret sauce that's missing from your online presence. It's how your future clients will find you, whether from a referral or Google search. It's the best way for someone to vibe check you without you having to feel like you're an influencer. It's the key to sharing more about your specialty or focus area. And it's the one-stop shop for someone to learn more about your story and your values. All this to say, if your website is kind of meh or doesn't exist at all, you're leaving a lot of unknowns on the table. Not the best idea, considering it's a pretty important marketing tool. But there is some good news. You don't have to learn how to code or spend hours hunched over your coffee table trying to teach yourself how to build a website. Why not have me build it instead? I only have three spots left to work together this fall, and one of them is calling your name. Head on over to morgansinclairdesigns.com to book your discovery call. This is a surefire way to step into 2024 with a solid online presence without having to lift a finger or move a mouse. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Today, we are chatting about the last quarter of the year and maximizing that time for your business, considering all the things that come with Q4 every year, plus just helping you plan for a quarter. But before we dive into this week's episode, we're going to do our check-in. Hey, Morgan. Hello. Hello. Um, obviously your sound sounds a little bit different, which indicates you're somewhere in the world. Where in the world is Morgan Sinclair? What's up? Morgan Sinclair just landed in Seattle. I, this kicks off my 16 day adventure. We'll be spending 12 days in Seattle and four days in Denver before I head back home. I, uh, also, I'm just like ultimate low energy today because I was house and dog sitting before I came to Seattle. I'm also in Seattle to house and dog sit. There's lots going on, lots of dogs. Um, but the dog that I was dog sitting woke up at 4.45 this morning and I had to leave at 5.30. And so I wasn't about to fall back asleep and miss my alarm. So it's been a um, a quite long morning. And so I am just feeling like I need to need a nice nap. A little siesta. A little siesta. Yes. Love it. So yes. you're at Seattle, obvi. So siesta yes, high is for sure being in Seattle. My cousins live here and they have a super cute Airedale Terrier named Macy that I get to pet set for the next 12 days while they head to Portugal, which will be very fun. Um, and I, uh, there's like a lot of things that kind of went into this. So like the ultimate high is one of my childhood friends is actually getting married in Seattle this weekend. And so I get to go to the wedding 
Wow, how convenient. It's so convenient. So convenient. And then even better is that so when we were we were all friends in second grade. And then one of our friends moved, one of the girls out of like the three of us moved to California. And so through the power of social media, like we've all managed to keep in touch with each other, but the three of us haven't all been together since second grade. And so we're all going to get to be together this weekend for the wedding. Okay. Wait a second. I literally don't remember my friends from second grade. I cannot (laughs) tell you. (laughs) So that's crazy. That's like, we were eight in second grade. Yeah. And you're 30, 22 years. Yeah. (laughs) That's fucking bizarre. Crazy, right? Yeah. Let us know how it goes. uh, um, So my friend Arianne, the one that moved away, our parents continued to send Christmas cards to each other every year. So that's how we stayed connected. And then uh, we took a family trip to San Francisco when I was going into ninth grade, or maybe I just finished ninth grade. And our moms were like, oh, we should get the girls together. And it was like right when Facebook was becoming a thing. And so we were able to like connect on Facebook. And that's how, I think that's how Arian and Emily got reconnected as well. And yeah, and we've just gotten to like see each other grow up and now we're all adult friends. It's great. (laughs) So wild. It's wild. Um, And then our friend Hannah is coming up on monday and she'll be here for a week and so also second for second grade friend no our friend tana oh you and i's okay <laughs> i was Sorry. like what our like me and you okay <laughs> and so she'll be here for a week and then my cousins come back and then i fly to denver and so i like i'm just i'm hosting people in a city that i don't live in <laughs> that's awesome and you're in denver for wind the weight inclusive and nutrition and dietetics Yes. In Denver for wind. Um, I unfortunately will not be able to stay past wind into Fency, but that's okay. At that point, I think I'll be ready to be home anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Two weeks is like, or a little over two weeks is kind of that time where you're like, hmm, either I'm settling here for longer or because I know it's time to get back to my life, then I'm kind of ready. Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll be the latter. Um, and then, yeah, my, so yeah, obviously high of the week is coming to Seattle. Low of the week is probably just with like having to prep for a trip yesterday, traveling today. I just feel a little out of sorts with like business things. Like my inbox has been neglected. I did put up an out of office so people know, but if anyone emailed me prior to six o'clock this morning, they didn't get that email. And yeah, just feeling, I mean, like, like I said, right now I'm coming to the pod today with like super low energy. Um, I've only had one coffee. I'm dehydrated. I just got a burger (laughs) delivered. So I'm hoping that this will like lift my spirits a little bit, but. We love transparency and we can't always be like fully on. And so catch me next week. I'll be settled next week. Awesome. Anyway, what are your highs and lows? Um, I just have to say. Re your vacation autoresponder. It always cracks me up that you are very detailed in it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to be in this place. So I'll talk to you when I talk to you. And like, I know it's not actually like that. It's very professional, but I think it's cute that you put exactly where you are. And it's kind of like a flex of like, I'm traveling. It's and not I meant it. to be a flex. <laughs> 
it's not like a, a flex in a traditional like in the sense of I'm doing this look how cool I am but just like yeah I'm in this country or I'm in this mm-hmm. place and I think it's cool I think it's cool that people get a little inkling into your life of like oh I know where Morgan is and she's not in her usual routine that's cool and that's like and it's it would not be that like personal and detail oriented if it was meant for like seeing clients as a dietitian. Like I put it that way because mainly the people emailing me are also like my clinician friends. So yes. they already know. They probably right. already like know what's going on in my life. So it's just a little, little reminder. Love it. So my highs and lows, I feel like it's been a really good week, even though it's been busy. We're starting to pick up again. Thank fuck. Because as you guys know, two weeks ago, we recorded an episode of like, why is it so slow? And it's just been, it's been two weeks from that point where we're finally starting to see inquiries again. And that is just really helpful because we hired two people. We need to help support them and get them clients and then keep the rest of my team full. So I'm feeling hopeful and not as stressed of like, what's happening And we also learned that we might be getting a rate increase from insurance. So that's always exciting in October. And that's why that's so important to me as a group practice owner is because that's the only way I can increase my clinician's base pay. And I really want to be able to do that. I want to keep supporting them. We know dietitians are valuable and insurance rates don't always reflect that, which is fucking annoying. So anytime that this happens, it makes me feel hopeful and excited to be able to give my team more. And the other high is I restarted my ADHD meds, my Welly B, Wellbutrin, and that feels really good because I was kind of, I felt myself seeking dopamine like a lot, like scrolling on Instagram and like just doing things that I don't love um, and feeling very distracted and like a little depressy. And I was like, hmm, I can use a little, a little Welly B. So I'm feeling good. I was telling you before we hit record that um, I had too much coffee because I forgot whenever you take Wellbutrin because it's like norepinephrine, you really got to watch that caffeine intake. So noted, I'm a little high energy. I will carry us through today. Let's go. Thank God. I wish I could take some of your caffeine from you right now. (laughs) My low is I am feeling a little overwhelmed this week. It's just partially my partner was out of town traveling for his work. And so I was the primary caretaker of the dogs and that's fine. But anybody who knows Bennett, my OG dog is sweet baby angel. He's so easy. And my partner's dog is like a little bit more like a regular dog that has different needs. And like, it's just different having two. And it's a lot more work. And so I'm also like very rigid when it comes to like schedules for pets and things. And like, okay, they need to be walked regularly. I have to go out and pee every two hours so there's no accidents. And I like to prevent things from happening rather than reacting. So maybe there's a little bit of over control there, but I don't care. That's just what needs to happen when I'm in charge. And so that's been taking up a lot of time this week, which leads into me being time constrained as well. I've had a lot of meetings this week with my team, which is great. We've been having good conversations. And by the time I have six meetings in a day, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. And that's not my usual week. That is my not ideal week. And sometimes we have to do that and that's okay. That's valid. I, uh, I get like that too. Whenever I have like a lot of meetings in one day, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, why did I do this to myself? I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like sometimes it does have to happen, but man, even as like 
an extrovert who loves talking to people, it is draining to have that many. Like that's like people that see more than five clients in a day. I'm like, how are you surviving talking to that many people? Absolutely. I know. I really think six is max where you're like, I can maintain this for some, if they want to have like a four day work week. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise like, yeah, maintaining more than five in a day is, is challenging. Yeah. That just, that, it just feels like it would just like totally throw me out of regulation. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have other things to do, like behind the scenes or project work, like you just can't sustain it. Yeah. Long-term. Sometimes people have to, and I respect it. And I did that for a long time. I used to see 30 clients while building a group practice. I see my group practice owners. I coach do the same thing. And I'm like, nope, can't sustain this. Got to switch it as soon as we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like kind of like a, I don't want to say rite of passage, but I feel like that people tend to go through that to support themselves. But yeah, it's definitely not sustainable. I like rite of passage. That makes sense. <laughs> Just makes it sound like you have to do it. And I, if someone can figure out a way to not have to do that, kudos to them. Yes. And let us know. We'd love to hear it. Are you ready to talk Q4 planning? Let's do it. So Q4 is here. This is the first Monday of Q4. If you're listening to this on October 2nd, when it comes out and uh, we know we just did our Q3 recap and Q4 projections last week, but we wanted to just dive into a little bit more of like the nitty gritty systems of what it takes to plan out a quarter and why we freaking love it so much and could give a TED talk on this like tomorrow. Okay. Before we dive in, do you have a favorite quarter of the year? Oh, maybe nothing's coming directly to mind. Cause I'm like in what, in like terms of business, in terms of season, like I have a favorite season. Like I love fall. Fall's a good season, but I don't, I don't love Q4. Okay. What tell us about, so it sounds like you're clear that you don't love Q4. What's up with Q4 for you? There are too many unknown variables in my life that are not planned out ahead of time that mostly rely around the holidays, which is like not even fair to say because my family pretty much does the same thing every year. But as the like single, no dependents, no second family to have to coordinate with, I'm usually the one that just kind of like goes with the flow. So I'm like, I like assume that things are going to be the same, but sometimes things end up being very different to prioritize other people's um, holiday needs, which is like, I am flexible. I'm happy to do that. But I uh, associate fall with being like cozy and slow and just like warm. And uh, my business ain't going to survive if I am in my like cozy fall girl vibes. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are relating to this right now. Um, Like I want to be sitting on the couch curled up with a pumpkin spice latte watching the holiday, not working. Oof. I think there's room for both friend. Yeah, it's obvious. Yes, there is. (laughs) My my brain's very black and white, but I feel like with, with like, it just like the quarter goes by so fast because there's always things to do. You're spending a lot of money on gifts and yeah, I don't know. I like, I love Q4 as like a, a human, but not as a business owner. I think Mm -hmm. Q2 is my favorite as a business owner. 
I like the distinction. This was kind of a trick question because I was curious what way your brain was going to go. What about you? Do you have a oh, favorite? you know, I don't pick favorites of anything. I know you don't. That's why it's always a trick question when I ask because I'm like, I'm not telling you what my favorite is because there's context. But I would say I think this year I'm obviously excited for Q4 because of my Mexico trip and I'm ready to like be the visionary and like do some project stuff and like have some space for that. But I think overall, <laughs> from a cash flow standpoint, Q2 is my favorite. <laughs> um, Q1's a fucking mess, and I'm not looking forward to getting back into that, but it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, I'm going to say I also like Q2 from a business standpoint. We tend to pick up, and everybody tends to get full in that time and be really busy and productive, and I like that. Um, I think Q4 is a little bit like fuck it because <laughs> I just need a break and yeah. I'm into the cozy cozy girl vibes I'm wondering how fall is going to feel for me mostly being in Mexico where it's warm and like kind of still summery feeling and then it's also like ski season so I'm stoked yeah I didn't answer the question but that's fine yeah. this is our podcast <laughs> we can do what we want <laughs> um anyway q4 is here though it is officially here i i feel like it's probably a quarter that a lot of people have some hot takes on in terms of like if they like it or not for their business um i think for for me if you would have asked like morgan two years ago q4 would have been like my absolute least favorite quarter for this year fact of I would be, I would have told you that I would have set business goals in January and Q4 rolls around. And I realized that I didn't meet any of them because I didn't do any quarterly planning. Mm. That has changed, which I'm very excited to talk about. Um, but I, I feel like that might resonate with some folks listening who are in that same pattern of like, you know, usually like last week of December, first week of January, you're setting some big goals. Everyone's like, super stoked with the new year. We love a good fresh start. And then like you get to Q4 and you're like, oh my God, I only have like two and a half months, if, especially if you're taking time off in December. I only have two and a half months to bring all my dreams to life for the year. And like, that's not feasible. And then like, this just leaves you feeling not good. That's a really good point of like, as you're winding down, it kind of sends people into a reflective mode or like an oh shit mode. If they had quote unquote goals that were supposed to be done that year that like they planned in January, which is exactly why we want to talk about quarterly planning. So this quarter is October, November, and December. I'm sure this is not news to anybody, but a quarter is three months at a time. It always starts January, April, July, and October. So we're focusing on obviously the October start. And we just want to remind you gently and kindly and lovingly that an idea without a plan is just a dream. We love dreaming and scheming and we love like going there in our brains. But if you want to make it happen, there has to be intentional planning and execution. Which is exactly why, as I just mentioned, of like the typical pattern of setting goals in January, forgetting about them until the end of the year, being in that reflective state, like that is why we are such fans of quarterly goals versus yearly goals, because like a year is such a long period of time. There is so much that can change within a year that is outside of our control, that 
we didn't really predict what would happen. Like every single year, I feel like there's so much change that happens. And most of the time it's like, huh, yeah, I was, I wasn't anticipating that, or I didn't see that or whatever. And like, you know, we, there's definitely things in within the year that we can plan, look forward to whatever. But when it comes to our business, like a year is a very long period of time to like know what you actually want to do and actually keep pulse on the movement and the traction in your business. Which is why we're going to teach you how to quarterly plan. So a quarter is, it really depends on the quarter. Um, What I like about Q4 is it's actually 14 weeks versus 12. So there is buffer room for the holidays of like still having a full quarter because we have October, which is a long month. And then we have December, which is a long month. So that's really nice. If you're someone who is time strapped, you get two extra weeks. Woo. And a quarter is also just in my mind, like the perfect amount of time because it, four of them fit into a calendar year, but then within a quarter. So within those three months, like it's long enough that you can see movement in your business and actually see some numbers change or actually see some progress being made, but it's not so far into the future that you don't have like a pretty good grasp on what's going to be happening the next three months of your life. Like obviously life can always throw us curveballs and we will hold space for that. But for the most part, like we, we know what we're going to be doing for the next three months. We know if we have any trips planned. We know if we have any time off. We know if kids are going to go back to school. We know like there's just certain things in our life that we're able to be like, I know this is happening in the next three months. Therefore, I can shift things in my business to match whatever I need to. Yep. And a month is too short of time. Like I'm thinking about we're recording in September and a little existential, like, holy shit, where did September go? Because it just goes way too fast. Like four to five weeks is too fast to like know what you're working on, give yourself the space to execute and be realistic and then see a result. It just doesn't make sense. That's why we love quarterly goals so much because we can take these like sweet little angel baby quarterly goals and turn them into three month plans. So like, yes, a month is not long enough to actually like see the big vision traction in your business. But it's the goals that we're setting for those three months are the quarterly goals. And then it's like the nitty gritty in the weeds, setting due dates, checking things off our to-do list during the months. Should we each give an example from our businesses? Gladly. All right. I'll start us off. So nobody's surprised I have a group practice and I hire people quarterly. Might be a little slower over the next few quarters because we're just a little slower, which is okay. So context, you got it. In a quarter, my plan will be to hire, train, and onboard and start somebody seeing clients. So like basically the whole process of bringing on a new clinician. Each of the months in the quarter are going to be different steps. So the first month is probably going to be interviewing, seeing if we have viable candidates, getting job offers out. The next month is going to be training, onboarding, getting insurance contracts going. And then the following month is going to be starting their supervision, getting them clients and starting to fill their caseload. So it's all those micro tasks that make sense to do month to month. And in our onboarding hiring process, we have it down to a T where it takes about eight to 12 weeks, depending on what people need and how quick the contracts come through. 
So that's like perfect for a quarter. And then to be able to tangibly check off things in each month, that's how we move the needle forward. Well, you also have something that like you have down, like you have that system in place. You have that system down. Yeah. Five years in. Yeah. For me, it's like constantly creating new quarterly goals, which is also fun and exciting. And so the example I can share is the most recent launch of uh, my website template shop. Um, So my goal for Q3 was to launch one template. Um, And the way that I broke that down was the first month I built it out um, like built out the template, got all my eyes dotted, T's crossed. Second month was beta testing with people. And then the third month was going in, making changes, edits, recommendations from beta testing, and then actually launching it by the end of the quarter. And so within each of those three months, my focus was very different. The first one was very like head down, build it, um, a lot of just like behind the scenes stuff. The second month was very much interacting with people who were doing beta testing, um, having the, a lot of my to-do lists were sending them the videos they needed, checking in with them via email, making sure I was showing up to office hours, things like that. And then the last one was a little bit more like a combo where I was still interacting with them, getting their feedback, getting their testimonials, but also like having to go in and make tweaks and also set up all of the back end systems to actually sell. That totally makes sense. I feel zooming out, like you said, the first month is building and preparing. The second month is like the start of execution. And then the third month is finishing the execution and launching, almost like completing the cycle Mm -hmm. of a quarter, which I think is just brilliant. Yeah, it feels really good. One of the caveats we wanted to give with this is let your quarter be flexible. Like, don't put this major pressure on yourself if you need a couple extra weeks into the following quarter. Um, of course, we always want to tie things with a nice bow and plan to get things done in three months. And I know a lot of folks, including myself, who like to over... What's the word I want to say? Overcommit. <laughs> yes. Who like to overcommit and think they can do more than they actually have the time and energy capacity to do. And what we really have been fine-tuning, mainly me, but you and I talk about it, and we talk about it in the Accountability Club as well, is shoot for the stars, try to get some shit done, and then actually track what is feasible, and then start making more realistic goals. Because there's nothing helpful about being like, here's these 20 goals and doing three of them, because that just sets you up to feel like shit. And so when you're mapping out your quarterly goals, thinking about what's realistic to do in a month, in three months total, if it runs over a couple weeks, great, no problem. Or like always reassessing what's actually feasible to get done. And I think that only just comes with like over committing and then reeling it back in. Because we also don't want you to undercommit. like push yourself. You got this. And none of us are given a manual on to like, this is how much stuff you should be able to get done in a quarter. And it's different for every person. And so it takes, it takes a lot of that trial and error of, yeah, like overcommit. And then whenever we talk about goals, like we're also not talking about goals of like, you're shooting for a hundred percent. These are like things meant to like push us a little bit, give us gentle nudges that like we are capable of doing some pretty dang awesome things in our business. That's right. 
And so as you're doing this planning, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about Q4, besides the fact that it's here, is we know this quarter is especially notorious for having time off with the holidays and all the different holidays that happen. And if you don't celebrate some holidays, that's cool. But a lot of people like to take time off regardless, just because it's the end of the year, needing a little bit of recouping time. And so as you're planning your quarter and your monthly goals within that quarter, plan your time off first, then work around that. Because nothing feels worse than getting to the week you're supposed to take off and then continuing to have to work, aka me last year. Plan that as part of your commitment to your goals. Like your goal is to take this time off, honor that. Yeah, I think that's something that I have gone back and forth with because I love being impulsive. (laughs) I don't like to plan, even though it is just three months away, not even like two and a half months away. But I also, I think there's some, there can be some flexibility with this. Like what we were just talking about before we, we were like planning out the podcast schedule before we hit record for what's going to look like. And Hannah was like, oh yeah, I know you're taking like the last two weeks off. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, that would be really cool. And I for sure am taking those two weeks off from client work. But like if inspiration strikes, I'm probably going to work. Nothing lights me up more than the last week of December, setting up my goals, setting up my systems and having everything like prepped and ready to go for a good solid January for a start date. (laughs) And I love, so part of your quarterly planning is to have two weeks of blank space to Mm -hmm. use as you please versus Mm -hmm. filling it with something. And then Mm -hmm. if you want to fill it with a trip, if you want to fill it with planning for next year, if you want to get cozy and watch the holiday over and over with your pumpkin spice latte, like that space is there for you. So I love the planning of like, it's not that you have to plan every individual task, but even just planning the time or space if you can, if that's what you want as part of your quarterly planning. Absolutely. So if we could leave you with this as you're going into Q4, it's that this is a great time to use these last three months of the year to start stretching yourself a little bit, start setting those quarterly goals, start using those quarterly goals to then break it down into monthly plans, get some things checked off your to-do list. This is a perfect time to be able to play around and see like what you're actually capable of, um, what your energy levels are like, what you have the capacity for. That way, when you're going into Q1 of 2024, you already have some baseline knowledge of like what you're able to execute so you can set yourself up for success for a really solid start to the new year. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. We'll see you next week. Bye.